Okay. Well, here we are, 44 members of the legislature now uh, committing to work together for a stable government for British Columbia, a government that will focus on the needs and interests of people, making sure that the accord that we've signed today can be followed through over the days and weeks and months ahead. I'm very excited about this opportunity to work with Andrew and his caucus and my colleagues that have been elected from areas right across British Columbia to put in place a government after 16 years of working for the people at the top, we will now have a government that focuses on the rest of British Columbia. Those people who are yearning for a government that speaks for them on the issues that are important to them, that looks at a sustainable long-term economic vision and makes sure that the services that people count on are there for them when they need it. And most important, importantly, that we make life affordable for British Columbians who are struggling under increased costs like hydro rates, medical services premiums. The issues that we agree on are opportunities for us to make progress for British Columbians. It's a very exciting time for me personally, very exciting time for, for my political party, and I believe working with Andrew and Sonia and Adam, a very, very exciting time for democracy in British Columbia, where our legislature will get up every day and work together cooperatively in the interest of the people who sent us here. I can't think of anything better to do with our time. Andrew, over to you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to have this opportunity to stand here and express my gratitude to John and his team and the BCNDP for working so constructively in the negotiations to get us where we are today. I'd also like to thank uh, the Premier, who was very gracious in her comments shortly before this meeting, where she will follow the process of bringing the legislature back in a, in a timely manner in order to have confidence tested. Uh, we are clear with the signing of this accord that the BC Greens will work with the BC NDP to put people first in the upcoming session. You know, some will ask, why did the BC Greens ultimately choose to work with the BC NDP over the BC Liberals? There's many shared values that we have with the BC NDP, but most importantly, I go back to what got us into politics in the first place. When I entered the politics back in 2013, I did so because I could not stand by and watch the dismantling of our climate leadership here in the province of British Columbia. I could not stand by and watch the dismantling of an economy that was growing in the, the new 21st century fashion. With the BC NDP, I find a partner that will actually position British Columbia in the new economy, create distributed jobs from north to south and east to west in a bottom-up fashion, putting people first. And that, ultimately, in the framework of climate leadership, is what brought the BC Greens here today to work with the BC NDP. Thank you. So with, uh, over to Sheena, we're happy uh, to answer any questions. Well, uh, we're demonstrating today that, that between Andrew's caucus and my caucus, the Green and NDP groups of elected representatives, we have the majority of support in the legislature. Uh, I agree with Andrew that uh, I observed Ms. Clark's comments. She wants to test that in the legislature. That is her right. Uh, I believe that uh, the public wants change as quickly as possible. I'm hopeful that if Ms. Clark does want to follow through with that precedent, she'll do it in a timely manner, and that would be my only request. We're anxious to get going. We're anxious to start that transition. I, I concur. It's, it's her right. It's her constitutional right 
to do so, and uh, we hope she does so in a timely fashion. Well, so that the lieutenant government knows with certainty that there is a majority group of MLAs that are prepared to form a government. I think that's critically important in this process. None of us have done this before, and as longtime observers of the political process, even those here assembled in the press gallery have never seen anything like this in our time. We want to make sure we do it right. We wanted to make sure that the public knows, more importantly than the lieutenant governor, to be quite honest, that there is a tangible symbol of our support, and that's this document that's being signed right now. Yes. Well, we talked about uh, tolls and road pricing. We talked about a range of issues. Uh, our discussions were comprehensive on a range of issues that didn't always make it into this document. We are going to proceed with the elimination of tolls on the Fort Mann and Golden Ears Bridge because we believe they're unfair. We also say in the document that we're going to work with the Mayor's Council, we're going to work with members of the legislature to come up with a framework to build the transit and transportation infrastructure we need in British Columbia, but we're going to do it in a way that's fair to all British Columbians. That's our commitment. That will be part of a budget process. So any disagreements we would have on the, the issue of tolling or, or um, user pay are, it will be addressed through that confidence motion. And then that we have agreed as BC Greens to support confidence in the budget. We do not support the issue of tolls, but it's much bigger than just tolls. It's the issue of a budget, and we will ensure that confidence is provided for a budget that is put forward. Well, we have not, uh, our, my office hasn't been in touch with Ms. Notley's office on a range of issues uh, since the election. Uh, I haven't spoken to Rachel directly. I think she, quite rightly, is uh, waiting for the appropriate time to reach out to the Premier of British Columbia. When that happens, uh, we'll have that conversation. Uh, Andrew and I and, and our teams talked about Kinder Morgan. We talked about ensuring that, that the incoming government of British Columbia defended our coast and made sure that we protected the interests of British Columbians. That's our responsibility, and we're going to discharge that. In terms of how we do that, we're going to be consulting with the Attorney General's ministry at the earliest opportunity, as well as energy, energy and, uh, and environment to make sure that to uh, uh, permitting and other issues are, are as, uh, as exhaustively reviewed as we can review them. When the legislation is passed, when the legislation is, is created, we've got a number of issues that we're trying to bundle together in the, uh, the uh, question around union and corporate donations or big money. We also want to make sure that we're bringing some uh, semblance of coherence to the Elections Act so that we don't have runaway uh, costs at the front end. Discharging the, the election campaigns by political parties is what drives up the desire and the need and the dependence on union and corporate donations. We want to reduce the cost of having an election, so we reduce the cost uh, or reduce the requirement to raise big money. We're going to put. We're going to face the uh, Liberal government. I understand it, and go from there. Uh, Skytrain from Langford Oak Bay is not likely. No. Uh, 
I, I'm pretty confident of that. But uh, we do have common interests, obviously, uh, as uh, do uh, all members of the legislature from Vancouver Island, uh, the Green members, the Liberal member, and the uh, many, many Democrat members. So we're, we're going to focus on island issues in a way that perhaps the previous government has not. I know the Island Corridor Foundation and the ENN Corridor is one that I feel very strongly about and have been working on for a decade, and I'm going to be focusing on that for sure, but not SkyTrain from Langford to Bay. Apologies for that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be doing that together, uh, the NDP caucus, the, the Green caucus, and uh, the members of the legislature. We're going to make sure that we do as exhaustive a consultation as is possible between now and the referendum day. And the two of us, at a minimum, and our colleagues are going to campaign in favor of that. But the, the challenge here is to make sure that we demonstrate to British Columbians, as we are today, that people from different political persuasions can come together in the interests of British Columbians so that people don't fear minority governments. In fact, they embrace them. That's the exciting part for us today, and that will be the exciting part about laying out how we'll put in place an electoral system that will be ratified by the public to demonstrate that we can vote with your conscience, you can vote for who you want to, and still get people that will work together. No, I, I agree. We're going to work together on this. The goal is to have a very clear question after an extensive consultative process that both John and I and our, our various teams campaign on as opposed to campaign against. Well, uh, I personally, I was very supportive of the uh, Citizen Assembly in 2001-2002 when it was constructed. Uh, I, I was, wasn't enamored with the end product, but that's just a personal uh, position. I voted against it in 2005, and I voted in favor of it in 2009 because of my experience in a winner-take-all, first-past-the-post system as an elected representative. I want to make sure that we're working with experts, with citizens, and with members of the legislature to put forward what we believe in a, a, a search of other systems around the world, the best possible system for a diverse, dynamic, and sprawling British Columbia. We, we, we can build off the federal process, too. The federal yeah. government has just gone through a very extensive consultative process. Recommendations have been made, so we don't have to rediscover the wheel entirely. Rob? How fast could you be back here if the government given and come back very quickly? You have in your agreement that within a month of your cabinet, uh, you'll be back. Yeah. We're looking at the NDP government coming in August. Well, the timeline is now in the hands of Christy Clark and uh, the, the lieutenant governor. We uh, Traditionally, uh, when, one, when we have an election, there's a winner on election night, and the next day, that group of individuals gets access to what's called the transition documents that have been created by the public service to inform and advise and brief the incoming government. We have, as, as MLAs, we haven't had any access to that information. If we were asked today to form the government, we have no information to base our decisions on. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done that can't be done until the current government, or what's been now called the incumbent government, is defeated. So we have, we have some work to do uh, without access to uh, the certainty of what, what are government officials telling us the, the lay of the land is on a whole range of important public policy issues. How, how much pressure does that put on you, giving that the interim supply yeah. runs out at the end of September? Uh, yeah. You have to have some type of budget in place. Yeah. How much of the scramble is that? Well, that's, and that, um, I'm hopeful that uh, Christy Clark will be true to her word, and the recall of the legislature will be as quick as possible, so that gives us the maximum amount of time uh, to put in place our budget 
priorities, the priorities that we campaigned on, making sure that people get the services that they, they need, that we're investing in infrastructure that will help us reduce our, our, our carbon footprint and create jobs and opportunity in every corner of the province. We can't start that. We can't put in place a budget until we've got access to information and access to the public service. Thank you. Five people left. I'm going to ask you to keep it to one question each. Ian? Uh, people not be in the last 24 hours. <laughs> well, you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, the response is that's cl classic fear mongering. We have an enormous opportunity in British Columbia to capture the 21st century economy. That's why we're, we've worked so closely with the BC NDP to bring our technology. Uh, platform into, to, into this document to create a, an innovation commissioner, a, a, a task force for, for the emerging economy. We've worked with CEOs of tech companies from north to south and east to west, and our, our technology platform was endorsed by leaders in that field. We know that this is the strength of our economy, bringing tech together with the resource sector, building jobs in the northern BC that are stable jobs that we can count on. The idea that somehow a pipeline in a market where it doesn't exist is going to create jobs in British Columbia is nothing more than a myth. Heck, we've heard this before. 100,000 jobs in LNG, $100 billion prosperity fund, $1 trillion increase in GDP, elimination of the PSP, debt-free BC, unicorns in all our backyards. I think British Columbians, quite frankly, are sick and tired of being told that the 20th century economy is the economy of tomorrow. Look what is happening to jurisdictions around the world that don't diversify. And for Ms. Notley to tell British Columbia that somehow chasing the 20th century is the way for our future is not a good sign for her and her economy in Alberta. Frankly, I think she should get with the program and embrace the 21st century as well. And, and, and for, me, for, for me, I'm going to be focusing on, uh, on making sure that we're investing and revitalizing our forest sector. Uh, here on Vancouver Island, the amount of raw logs that leave British Columbia from here uh, every single day is, is jobs that are leaving British Columbia, economic opportunity leaving British Columbia, opportunities for small businesses to start and thrive. I want to focus on those resource issues, and I'm going to be uh, committed to making sure that rural British Columbia is represented in our government by making sure that the MLAs we have from the Kootenays in the north are playing an active role in making sure that rural voices are heard and that we are focusing on the resource economy. But I absolutely agree with, with Andrew. We have a, such a tremendous opportunity in British Columbia. Our, our diversity reflected, I would argue, behind us on the faces of the MLAs that have been elected to this uh, parliament gives us a tremendous opportunity to expand and promote trade with not just our traditional resource industries, not just as hewers of wood and drawers of water, but taking our intellectual capacity, our creative capacity, and, and, and making a real, real impact on trade across the Pacific, and, and also with our largest trading partner in the United States, hopeful, uh, of course, to get talking about softwood lumber as quickly as possible. And, and just quick comment, Ms. Notley, who says that there's nothing that can be done to stop, I suggest she look at Section 35 of the Constitution Act and the rights of, of First Nations in British Columbia. There's an awful lot that can be done in British Columbia to stop the shipping of diluted bitumen in our coastal waters. And rest assured, the BC Greens and the BC NDP will work together on this. Well, on the foreign buyers tax, we've disagreed in terms of our platform on how we would address that, but we did agree that speculation and money laundering are issues that we need to address quickly. And we're going to be working as hard as we can. We had 
uh, elements in our platform that we're going to be driving hard on. Uh, my colleague uh, behind me, the tallest fellow behind us, uh, David Eby, worked tirelessly on a program and proposals to make sure we got speculation out of the market, but we've got to build more housing, and we've got a plan to do that. The, the Green Party supports uh, our initiatives. They have plans of their own with respect to how we can bring on more supply, uh, not-for-profit housing, uh, co-op housing, market-driven housing, rent purpose building. There's a whole bunch of things we can and will do as quickly as possible. With respect to the Massey Tunnel, uh, we have uh, both maintained separately and, and in our discussions that we need to address congestion at, at Dees Island. But uh, a 10-lane bridge that's only supported by the incumbent government, not by the mayor's council, not by uh, the two of us standing here, is unlikely the solution to that problem. We have to address the congestion, but that is uh, not necessarily the best way forward. Uh, we'll look at all the options that the mayors want to put forward, and in consultation with communities, we'll find the best way forward to address congestion, not just at Massey, at the Massey Tunnel, but right across the Lower Mainland, and here on Vancouver Island as well. Well, we're going to have to see uh, what, uh, what commitments the government, the incumbent government has made. We made it pretty clear in our, our platform that we wanted ride-sharing is coming, but we want to make sure that it's not at the expense of the existing industry and that there's a level playing field. To have a company from uh, the Bay Area in California uh, taking revenues out of British Columbia uh, when there are companies that have been working here and thriving here and putting a significant investments into their businesses, to have that evaporate overnight uh, is not the best way forward. We're going to do our level best to find that balance and make sure that those who are anxious to ride-sharing get what they're looking for, and the existing industry can continue to thrive and prosper. And this is an example of, of exactly how this legislature should work. There are good ideas on ride-sharing in the BC Green, in the BC NDP, and the BC Liberal caucuses. I look forward to the time where we actually start with a skeleton piece of legislation, and we make it build better, it. Yeah. and we build it from the bottom up to actually reflect the various expertise at our table. I think that's how this should, place should work, and I think that's how it will work. Yeah. Thanks and that, for this and, agreement. And, and that's a, a, a you know, the, the imagery of that is perfect. It, traditionally, in this place, governments drop down full-blown documents. Sometimes uh, the Oil and Gas Activities Act is one that I remember very well. It was this thick. And why not start with what do we need to do to ensure that we're building a sustainable economy, that we're creating jobs? Let's start from the skeleton and build it up rather than having a government dictate that they know best. And then when suggestions for improvements come forward, they're voted down because they have to be voted down. I'm looking forward to, and Andrew's looking forward to, the time when suggestions are, are embraced and added to documents so that we can create better legislation for people. Again, we don't want people to get hooked up on the fact that we're all going to agree in here. We're doing that for the people that elected us, and we're doing that so people can get excited about democracy again. And for the two of us and, and all of those people behind us, they're pretty excited about it. We can't wait to get going. Well, that's a lot of post-it notes, I guess, uh, to be dealt with. Uh, no, I, 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 I know that was a serious question, Mike, and I take it very seriously. Uh, I'll take a look at what was recommended. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. I've been busy with other matters. But uh, it's critically important that the, government, the incumbent government recognize that they don't have 
uh, divine right to rule or divine right to information. It belongs to the people of B.C. It should be protected so that all British Columbians can understand why decisions have been made, who made those decisions, and what the consequences of those decisions are. That's how we're going to be moving forward. Uh, when a new government is sworn in, I believe that the outgoing government should have the respect to ensure that documents are left in place so that the trail for those who want to find out why decisions were made can do so. Well, that's because we have to get uh, get to the Attorney General's ministry. We have to work with First Nations. We have to work with other stakeholders on the Kinder Morgan question. On uh, Site C, we were pretty clear, and in our discussions, uh, a key component of that was our plan to make sure, and we laid out some draft documents about how we would direct the Utilities Commission to answer the specific questions about why the decision was made, what the cost of going, going forward would be, what the consequences were going to be for hydro rates in the long term, and what other alternatives were available that were at least cost, less cost rather, and in the public interest. Those were questions that we've laid out in a document, a draft document. We shared that with uh, Andrew and his team, and uh, I think was the foundation of how we're moving forward. Uh, we're not going to stop work at Site C while that review takes place, but we have a six-week and a three-month time frame for preliminary response and final response, and we're going to get at that as quickly as possible. But we want to hear from uh, all of us, want to hear from BC Hydro, what have you signed, uh, how binding are these agreements, and what are the consequences of proceeding? Without any question, we did discuss this in detail. Uh, first, to your original question, what British Columbians voted for? They voted for a change you could count on for a better BC. Uh, they, in, addi in addition, <laughs> but with, with that said, on the issue of, of Site C, and so those who, who, who would like to know the BC Green position on that, we came in there very strong on Site C, as you, as you might imagine. We did not take this lightly. Uh, we, we pressured the the, the, the opposition, the former opposition, now government, uh, or soon-to-be government, on, on what they meant by sending it to the BCUC. To us, it wasn't enough to say that they would. We pressured on the questions that would be asked, and we got a, we got a response that, frankly, I think is, is, is uh, the right response we were looking for. Uh, in addition, there was a key issue that was moved forward, is that the Boons have not had been evicted from their property. That has been kicked down the road, and they've been delayed from being uh, evicted from the p uh, property. This is an ancient farmhouse there. That, too, is an important uh, piece of notification that, that, that fed into the negotiations we had. So it was very amicable, very hard at times, but, but we reached an agreement um, on, on the Site C that we will follow the recommendation of moving to, to BCUC with very specific questions that will outline uh, how we move forward. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That's it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.